Welcome to the Athens First United Methodist Church Sermons Podcast. I'm Kayla Thomason, a member of the communications team. We hope you enjoy this weekly resource. Well, good morning, Athens First United Methodist Church. It is so good to be with you on this fourth Sunday of the season of Advent. It is indeed the Sunday of love, and I will tell you, this pastor's heart has been filled to overflowing with love this morning as I, I've seen the, the sights of babies being baptized at the 9.30, of new members joining at the 11, the sounds of our incredible handbell choirs this Sunday, and the sounds of our choir and orchestra last Sunday at the cantata, and of course, even in the scent of poinsettias in the room, recognizing that they represent for so many people in this room people that we've loved, and even that we've lost. I'm grateful that this morning on the Sunday of Love, we can be here together and to celebrate the good news of Christmas. Now, this morning, we are in week four of our current Advent sermon series. It's called Christmas Interrupted. And what we've been doing over these four weeks together is we have been looking at the Christmas story, and we've been noticing how there have been interruptions throughout whether it's angels showing up at Mary's door unexpectedly or, or dreams that Joseph has in the middle of the night. There are shepherds who, who see a heavenly host that just appear out of nowhere or magi who show up from the east. Throughout the Christmas story, there are these, these moments of interruption that seem unexpected and maybe even unwelcome. But in each of them, what we discover is that God is at work, that God is in the interruptions. And so perhaps this morning and for the rest of this series, we can discover where God is in the interruptions in our lives. So today uh, we look at an interruption of an engagement of a young couple named Mary and Joseph. And all of a sudden, Mary shows up at Joseph's door with some unexpected news I want to invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel this morning, and then also to join us in our response of our alleluias. This morning's reading comes from Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18. <clears throat> now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, uh, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did just as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. But they had no marital relations until after she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Amen. 
be seated. So when I was growing up, one of my favorite books was written by an author named Judith Biorst. It was called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Do any of you all remember that book? Or, or maybe you've seen the movie that came out a few years ago. Um, if you're not familiar, the, the, the gist of the story is this. Uh, one day, a little boy named Alexander wakes up, and he has one of those days where not one thing goes wrong, but everything that could go wrong did go wrong throughout the entire day. And so the, the story starts like this. He said, I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now there's gum in my hair. And when I got out of bed this morning, I tripped over my skateboard, and by mistake, I, I dropped my sweater into the sink while the water was running, and that's when I knew it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. The rest of the book is much of the same. Alexander then goes to school, and he promptly gets in trouble by the teacher. And then his best friend informs him that he doesn't want to be his best friend anymore. Alexander then goes to lunch and he discovers that his mother forgot to pack the most important element in any lunch, the dessert. After school, he had to go to the dentist where he discovered he had a cavity. At the dentist's office, the elevator closed on his foot. And then he goes home to have dinner and what is sitting on his plate but lima beans. And so that's when Alexander has had it. He said, I've had enough. This is it. I've reached my limit. And he announces to anyone within earshot, that's it. I'm moving to Australia. To which his kind, loving, and very empathetic mother said, Alexander, everyone has bad days, <laughs> even in Australia. I think one of the reasons why I've always loved that story is because it's one that just about all of us can resonate with. Am I right? Uh, we've all had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. In fact, some of you may be having one this morning. And you're just waiting for me to get done so it can possibly get better. I don't know. But I know we've all been there before. I know I certainly have. I remember um, a couple of years ago, I was, I was getting ready to, to go to church one Sunday morning, and I was getting all of my stuff ready to, to hop in the car and leave. And, and of course, the last thing that I grabbed was the most important thing for any preacher on a Sunday morning other than the Bible, I grabbed my coffee. And so I, I, I race out to the garage, and I get in my car, and I speed off to the church, and about halfway there, I decided to take my first sip when I hit a bump, and I realized that the lid wasn't on tight, and instead of drinking my coffee that morning, I wore it. And so there I am in my car, and I'm scrambling for napkins and anything to get it all cleaned up, and I'm just looking a mess. But the good news is that I had actually planned for such a crisis as this. I, I had actually bought a new pair of pants to store in my office just in case I ever needed them. So I get to the church, I run into my office, I get changed, I look in the mirror, I tighten my tie, and I go, okay, good, I think I'm ready. So I go off towards the sanctuary. I leave my church office door, and all of my staff members who were in the office look at me and they say, hey, Pastor Jeremy, are those new pants? I'm really liking those new pants. And I said, 
Well, yeah, they are. Thanks for noticing. And so I continue down the hall, and people are saying, wow, I'm really digging those new pants, Pastor Jeremy. Like those pants. And I thought, how do people know that I have new pants? But nevertheless, I'll take the compliment. So I kept going. I finally get to the sanctuary doors when some kind soul finally tells me, you got something on the back of your leg. And I look back and I realized it was that long sticker that comes on new pants that tells you what size they are. I was wearing that the entire walk down the hall. Not a great start to a Sunday morning. But I would imagine we've all been there before. You know, we, we've all had those moments in our lives when, when life just kind of sucker punches us from out of the blue. We weren't expecting it, and it leaves us in a place where we go, whoa, what just happened here? Can my day get any worse? I think we've all been there. Which is why, I, I, if I had to guess, if there is one person from the Christmas story that can totally resonate with having a bad day, it would be Joseph. Of course, I use that term, if I had to guess, very purposefully this morning, because you see, that's something we, we find ourselves doing a lot when it comes to Joseph. We find ourselves guessing. That's because although Joseph is one of the most important people in the entire Bible, the fact of the matter is, we don't really know that much about him. I mean, we, we know that he was a carpenter, and, and he, he grew up in, in Bethlehem. And, and we know that he was alive, at least until Jesus was 12 years old. But beyond that, there's not a whole lot that we know about him. We don't know how old he was when he got engaged. We don't know how old he was when he died. We don't know anything about his, his personality. In fact, we don't even know anything that Joseph ever said, because you know how many times Joseph is quoted in all four Gospels? Zero. Not one time is Joseph ever quoted as saying anything. And so it is. Joseph has been for many, many years kind of this, this man of mystery when it comes to the Christmas story. But what we do know, or, or at least I, I feel that we can assume pretty fairly, is the fact that when his engagement to Mary was unexpectedly interrupted. That when she showed up at his house that day with the news that she was pregnant with a baby that was not his, I would imagine it's safe to assume that that was one of the worst days of Joseph's life. Because can you even imagine what he must have been feeling, what he was going through when she shared that news with him? I mean, here, this, here he was, this guy who had just gotten engaged to a woman that he was expecting to be married to for his entire life. This woman who was probably the girl of his dreams. They're going through all of the typical engagement stuff. They're, they're making plans and they're making arrangements and all the invitations have gone out. I would imagine that Joseph was like any one of us who has ever been engaged. He's feeling excited, probably a little scared, but he's deeply in love. And then all of a sudden, Mary shows up with this news out of the blue that just totally derails his life. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us where this conversation happened. 
nor does the Bible tell us when it happened. No, the only thing that Matthew tells us is that when Mary was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, Joseph being a righteous man and not wanting to expose her to public disgrace, decided to divorce her quietly. In other words, this is Matthew's very creative way of saying, I don't believe you one bit. Of course, who among us could blame him, right? I mean, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, who could actually blame Joseph for not believing Mary when she comes in with this crazy news? I mean, it's not like she had the most likely of excuses. It's not like the, the immaculate conception is an easy pill to swallow. And so here she comes with this just wild, unbelievable news that she's pregnant. And just think about what Joseph must have been feeling. I mean, he must have been so hurt, so betrayed, so heartbroken. I would imagine he probably even felt resentful at some point in the conversation. Maybe he even got mad and angry and frustrated to the point where maybe he, he raised his voice with Mary saying, do you know that this is the kind of stuff they can put you to death for, Mary? You, you do know that, right? I mean, in, in my mind's eye, I just picture him just so mad, not knowing what to do. So he finally leaves. And all the way home, he's just kicking rocks and cursing under his breath. If he's anything like me, he's, he's praying the entire time saying, Lord, how on earth could something like this happen to me? I mean, what am I even supposed to do now? I would imagine that it was one of the worst days of his life. And the reason I mention it is because I think that's something that you and I can resonate with because we've all been there. We've all gotten the unwanted phone call or attended the unexpected funeral. We've all gotten that news from out of the blue that absolutely sends us reeling and all we can think or pray or wonder is, what just happened? Can life get any worse than this? I know that day came for me uh, back in December of 2010. I was entering into my, my second year of serving as a senior minister at Level Creek United Methodist in Suwannee. And to say that life was going good at that point in my life would be a drastic understatement because it was going really good. I mean, life at home was good. Sharon and I had three kids all under the age of four. You know, life was busy, but it was fun and it was good. And life at the church was going well, too. I mean, there was this little, we had served this little church in Swanee, but it was, it was growing like a weed and we were just rocking and rolling. And every single Sunday, I remember getting into the pulpit and looking out over the congregation. And every week, I would find fewer and fewer people sleeping through the sermons. It was beautiful. And life could not have been better until it all came to a screeching halt. One day early in the Advent season, I, I, I started noticing this headache that wouldn't go away. And it progressively got worse over the course of the next four weeks. To the point where on Christmas Eve 2010, I woke up to the dreaded realization that I was not going to be able to preach that night. So I called some friends and they filled in the pulpit 
And the next morning on Christmas Day, my wife Sharon drove me to Emory Johns Creek Hospital to find out what the heck was going on. So we go in and I kind of explain the symptoms that I've been experiencing. And they said, well, why don't we put you in for a CAT scan? Great. So they put me in. I come back out and they said, Mr. Lawson, we've discovered what's been causing your headaches. I said, great. What is it? They said, you have a brain tumor. Not exactly the Christmas good news I was looking for. In fact, of all of the things that I expected them to tell me that morning, that was probably at the bottom of the list. Because here I am, I am happily speeding along the highway of life. Things are going really, really well. And then all of a sudden, roadblock. Now, spoiler alert, everything worked out fine. Uh, The tumor was benign. Uh, We had surgery, got it out, and within a matter of weeks, I was back in the pulpit, captivating my congregation with every word. Okay, that may be the brain surgery is still talking. Forgive me. It worked out. But at the time, it was the most devastating news I had ever been given. And and by far, in all my life, That will go down as one of the worst days I've ever experienced. Now here's the thing, my bad day is gonna be different from your bad day. And our bad day is certainly gonna be different from Joseph's bad day, but the point is we've all been there. But this is what I want you to notice. When Joseph was at one of the lowest moments in his life, when he was having the ultimate terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, when he was experiencing one of the worst days of his entire life, God was at work in Mary's womb doing the greatest thing that God had done since the creation of the world. Meaning, when Joseph thought that his world was crashing down around him, That's precisely when God was working behind the scenes, orchestrating the birth of the Savior of the world. In other words, God was about to do something amazing, only Joseph couldn't see it just yet. And I don't know about you, but that is a a message that I, I desperately need to hear. Not just during Advent, but all around the year, no matter what's happening in my life to be reminded that no matter where I am or what I'm experiencing, no matter what kind of terrible, horrible, no good day I've had, no matter what kind of storm life has hurled in my direction, the good news of Christmas is and always will be this. God is with us, God is for us, and God is working around us, and he is preparing to do something amazing. We just might not be able to see it yet. I think that's why I always appreciated the nurse that took care of me when I was in the ICU. Uh, Her name was Nancy. And Nancy was one of the kindest, sweetest, most genteel Southern women you ever met. She was also a very faithful Christian. And although I don't know what her background was, I don't know what church she went to, I don't know what denomination she was a part of, I can tell you this, she was a very deep and abiding, faithful woman. 
And so one night she came into my room after I had had my surgery and she looked at me and she said, uh, how you feeling, Puddin'? She called me Puddin'. <laughs> I like that. Um, she said, how you feeling, Puddin'? And I said, terrible. She said, you in pain? I said, mm, no, I'm not in pain, but I am really weak. Like, I have no strength. I can't get out of the bed. I can barely sit up. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever felt so bad in my life. And I remember Nancy looked at me, and she smiled, this big, broad smile, and she said, well, good. And I thought, clearly I am dealing with somebody who is mentally ill. Either that or she's a masochist, or maybe it's both. But nevertheless, that is not what a nurse is supposed to say to her patient. And so I said, what are you talking, what, good? That's what you're going to say to me, good? Why would you say that? And she looked at me and she said, Puddin, if there's one thing I have learned in 27 years of working in the ICU, it would be this, that when we're at our worst, God is at his best. Or as the good book says, when we're weak, that's when he's strong. You know she's right, right? She's absolutely right. Which is why this morning on the fourth Sunday of Advent, the singular word of good news that I have come to share with you is this. No matter what you're going through, no matter what kind of terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, week, month, year, or life you have led, no matter what kind of storm you are bracing yourself through this day, the good news of Christmas is this. God is with you. God is for you. And God is at work all around you. You just might not be able to see it yet. So here's my word for you this day. Keep the faith. Keep the faith and don't lose hope. And trust that whatever it is that you are going through, God is so much bigger than that. God is going to see you through. Because whatever it is, God's got this. I can say that to you because I know this one thing to be true. When we are at our worst, God is at his best. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. To listen to more sermons, read past devotions, or look up opportunities on how to connect, visit us at AthensFirstUMC.org. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following us on Instagram or Facebook at AthensFirstUMC.